This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. As you are listening to us all over the country through podcasts, through radio broadcasts, through online streaming. But Martha and I would love for you to connect with us. We're hearing from listeners more and more every day. But we'd love to hear from listeners because you guys have great suggestions. Some of you are suggesting guests. Some of you are suggesting ways we could tweak the way we get the message out to you. But we would love for you to connect with us on Facebook. That's right, Jim. So every day we paste or paste and post whatever on our Facebook, um, what's happening, things that we're doing, um, the show information on Sunday nights. I just want to highlight that. That's one of the things that we do to set it up for the week. We have the opportunity to put out there what our um, topics and show guests are going to be for the week. So people can kind of see the um, the tone you know, what they're going to learn about. If they're really intrigued by a certain conversation, they'll want to make sure that they tune in that day or catch it on the podcast. But we do that on um, Sunday nights and it's always pinned to the top of our Facebook page. So if they go to the I Work For Him Facebook page, like it, follow it, make sure that you're um, seeing those in your feed and then check it out on Sunday nights and see what's happening. Fun fact, um, we've been doing lately on Sundays you know, asking people to check in. Where are you going to church today? Where are you um, being a part of a body of believers? And people have been really responding to that all over the country and letting us know where they're getting fed on Sunday mornings. And another fun fact is that our pastor actually said, "Hey, you're part of the you're part of the kingdom of this earth as well as the kingdom of heaven. And wherever you go in your workplace, you represent Christ." It was a great sermon, just a reminder that our work really does matter it to does. God. Amen. So shout out to everybody listening from all over Tampa Bay, all over the first coast of Jacksonville, St. Augustine, and Folkestone, Georgia, and of course our brand new audience up there in coastal Virginia on Lighthouse AM 1010 and FM 100.1. We're so grateful to all of you and. and and especially our flagship station in Tampa Bay. WTBN AM 57910 and FM 102.1. You know, contrary to popular opinion, which is worth just about two seashells on the seashore, marriage is the fabric of society. Now, marriage has been difficult since sin entered this planet, but people always learned to stick it out in the past. Sure, there were small occurrences of divorce, but for the most part, until the late 1960s, marriage is what held communities intact, allowed families to flourish, and kept kids in check through discipline and parents being on the same page. Things like women's liberation and the denigration of manhood have been key fights that I believe we've lost since the dis- well, we've lost skirmishes we have not lost the war mm-hmm. since the destruction of marriage has been the focus of the enemy these last almost 50 years our country and our world has spiraled out of control suicide mass murders depression all of these things have gone out of control what can we do about it what does this have to do with our ministry in the workplace i just want to tell you it has a lot to do with it because there's good news out there all of the problems we have in our country all the problems we have in our world the answers to those questions all ends in the same five Five letter word. I don't know. I just had to count out how many letters are in Jesus. But today we're going to talk about marriage. Today we've got Sheila Weber back with us from the National Marriage Week USA dot org. That's it's it's some something we've highlighted every year for the last several years. It's an organization we want you and your church to get involved with. National Marriage Week USA dot org. Sheila Weber, welcome back to I Work for Him. 
It's so great to be with you again, and thank you for getting the word out about this campaign. It's the only, the only annual campaign to promote the benefits of marriage, and we know that marriage uh, reduces poverty and benefits children, and as you had just said, has so many societal implications. Yeah, if, they, if, they, if you actually had honest researchers and honest journalists and you actually had honest people that did the TV news on a regular basis, people would know that ever since we started allowing free will divorce, absolutely, you know, what do they call it? Um, uh, no, divorce, fault. no fault. Divorce. No fault divorce. Ever since we really started allowing that, right. th- th- it is our country has spiraled downhill. I mean, it starts with so many things. It starts with everybody just walking away from what God said was best from us and, for us, and starting to look at what what do we want to do? It's all about us. That's what we think. But right. we're, this, yeah, the the no fault divorce started in the seventies, and that is uh, a time that we see uh, divorce increased exponentially. So. There's, there's a direct correlation to the laws of the land, and um, it used to be that you had to prove there were justifiable reasons for divorce, and maybe one party really wasn't wanting to uh, be put in that position, and they had a way to to sort of stand up for themselves. But um, anyway, yes, the 1970s and no-fault divorce is kind of what sent the divorce rate um into the stratosphere. So hmm. we, we definitely want to help people find more success. We are certainly very, very sensitive to the fact that um, there is a lot of divorce out there and that people sometimes are on their second marriages and we want them to find success too. Absolutely. So we certainly are, are sensitive to the fact that there could be a lot of listeners who uh, maybe are on their second marriage. And, and so our hope is to have people find success. Amen. And that's one of the things Jim and I were just talking about before the show. Um, And we were talking with Sheila Weber, and she is with the National Marriage Week USA.org. That is their website. Please go check out the resources. I'm excited. We're going to jump into um, telling more about what it is that we're highlighting in the. But Jim and I were talking about how important it is to give people the um, encouragement that there can be success in marriage and really encourage people with all of that. But Sheila, we want our listeners to just get to know you a little bit as a person. Tell us first, do you have a life verse? Well, I do. I love Colossians 3, verses 2 and 3, which is set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And I, I just love that because... You know, throughout all the seasons of life, if you run into difficulties or even just stress, you know, if you're feeling under tremendous stress, it's it's so helpful to keep an eternal perspective on mm. on today's problems and realize this is not all there is. Um, there's there's a heavenly realm, and that everything we are doing um, sort of is a reflection of whether our mindset is focused on the here and now or is focused on the fact that there's more than this. And I I think it relates to marriage, too, actually. You get into some difficulties in marriage, and if you can set your mind on things above, meaning what what Christ wants for you, what God Mm -hmm. intends for you, and not get so stuck in the, you know, the self-oriented here and now, um, it's really um, a helpful 
helpful meditation, I would say. Right. Yeah, I was reminded in a devotion this weekend that you talked about, you know, we, we really operate in two worlds. We operate in this this earth, but we also are already residents of the new Jerusalem. You know, when it, and, and to operate with that mindset, because everything here is so temporary, but we will be, as Christ followers, we will be residents of the new Jerusalem, which is an amazing thing when you start to think about it. And because our eternity starts the minute we surrender to Christ, that that's, should be part of our perspective. But we digress. I mean, that's a whole other show <laughs> yeah, we can do for yeah, a whole other day. I love that. I do, I do think all that relates to how we perceive our marriages and the marriage that we're in, in the middle of especially mm. in the middle of uh, right. difficult times. So, yeah. Sheila, you spent quite a long time out there in the marketplace of ideas before you became the executive director of National Marriage Week USA. What did you see in the marketplace that encouraged people to stay married? Well, I don't know if in the secular marketplace I saw a lot of, I don't, I didn't see a lot of mindset or, mm. you know, I think that in the secular world today, um, there is sort of this do whatever you feel like mindset. Um, however, um, the one thing that I would say that I have seen that encourages people to stay, stay married is first of all those who are very serious about their faith. So your first commitment is to God and that calling, and the second is a dedication to your vow. And the third, when I see people really sticking it out and having been glad that they did, the third motivation is their children, the well-being of their children. Uh-huh. And then and then another, the fourth reason would be the stability of your life, to take the long view. Where do you, how do you want your life to look when you're 80 years old? Um, not just this year, um, to take the long view. And so when I look at what does encourage people to stay married, I look at some of those issues. And the people who do work on it and stick it out, actually research shows if you if you stick it out and work through the tough times, five years later, those couples are, are very happy that they That's did. right. So I want to, Martha got to, well, we got to ask this question. Actually, Martha didn't get to answer, ask it, but I asked you the question, what kinds of things did you just see out there in the marketplace that encouraged people to stay married? Yet there's the contrary question to that. What kind of things did you see in the marketplace that encouraged people to ignore or damage their marriage? Well, that's a good question. I, I think one answer is that people put their feelings before their conscience. They, they basically have decided that their feelings are, you know, the most important thing they have to run with. And I think sometimes modern psychology uh, embellishes that. You know, what are you feeling? How are you feeling? That your feelings cannot be trusted all the time. Um, you know, if you really look at things from a conscience perspective and continue to reevaluate right and wrong, I think you're going to be in a better place for making decisions that get people into hot water. And some of those would be extramarital affairs, even if it's an affair of the heart or, or even worse. Um, the other area that I, my husband actually does a lot of marriage counseling, and sometimes I get involved with that. And um, he is a clergyman, but um, we've watched um, addiction issues um, be very damaging. But the, the thing I want people to realize is that if you actually address the addiction and you get go through rehab and you're part of a 12-step program, I have seen marriages completely mm-hmm. turned around and healed. Um, so, you know, those things can creep up on you and you don't realize it, but if they are properly addressed, there's great 
great hope for blessing on the other side of the rehabilitation. Um, and I just want to encourage people, if they think that is the issue, to to really seriously seek out some uh, professional help on uh, rehabilitation. Yeah, I think one of the things that we just challenge each one of our listeners to not only pray for the people they work alongside, but to befriend those people that they work alongside, develop relationship with them, because that's the that's the platform we get to share our faith and our story with them. And when we do that, we get to break through the walls of people hiding that their marriage is a mess, hiding that their kids are a mess, hiding that things are ugly at home. It's relationship that allows us to hear that because a lot of times we work alongside people. We go to church with people. We're in small groups with people and their marriages are a mess. And we don't know because we don't really have a deep relationship with them. Isn't that true? That is true. And I think people who are relationally gifted um, can can really have a, a huge impact on their on their friends when they see mm-hmm. uh, destructive patterns to step in and and in a loving way just say listen I care a lot about you but um, you know I'd like to um, have you talk to so and so or somebody that they know is very very skilled at at giving getting someone help I think um, even sometimes you have to. Uh, direct your friend to um, professional help, whether it be a trusted clergy person or um, like a 12-step program or something like that. You know, so that kind of reminds me, Jim was just saying about, you know, what do we see in the in the marketplace that help that hurts people, you know, that um, helps us to damage our marriages. And I'm thinking so many things as we're having this conversation, you know, the importance of um, it being relationships with people of the same gender mm-hmm. so that we're not we're not going mm-hmm. down that. because there's so much damage that can happen there that happens can start off very innocently through developing relationships in the workplace right. um and so i just i was thinking about how um so many places too when you travel for work and the things that people need to do to just be so very cautious that they protect their own marriage while they're trying to befriend their coworkers. Oh, and absolutely, as well. absolutely. Yes, I would not recommend uh, that a, a man counsel a woman or a woman no. counsel a man and develop that kind of uh, even emotional intimacy. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So, Sheila, you got your master's degree in management from New York University. Um, is that a Christian university? Oh no, <laughs> it's a it's one of the top um, secular universities, sort of. Well, anyway, it's a very main institution in New York City in Midtown Manhattan. So um, it was, um, yeah, it was, um, they have a Robert Wagner School of Public Service. And, um, but, you know, I got a lot out of it. It was well worth, uh, well worth my studies. So tell us about, tell us about your thesis that you did. um, Yes, uh uh-huh. It was called The Role of Public Policy on the Dissolution of a Marriage Culture. And, and. Basically, um, it outlined why the demise of marriage could be sort of traced back to no-fault divorce laws in the 70s, and of course the 60s revolution uh, were seeds of of that uh, sort of liberalization. Um, You know, we we just spoke about the fact that the laws of the land can make a difference to human behavior. Um, and, And then I, you know, analyzed the fact that this high increase in divorce is leading to a very high level of single parenting, which um, another another part of my research later led me to release 
a study in 2008 called the Taxpayer Cost of Divorce and Unwed Childbearing. And back in 2008, it cost $112 billion for divorce and unwed childbearing to the American taxpayer. It, taxpayer is probably $200, $300 billion a year. Mm-hmm. When you think of the extra support that is needed um, for single parenting, so... We, you know, in 1970, about 79% of the adults were married in America, and just in 2013, that's dropped to 57%. Uh, back in 1960, less than 5% of uh, mothers were unwed, and um, recently we've got 42% of mothers being unwed, but there's a high cost attached to that. It's not mm-hmm. just the cost of supporting um women and children who veer into poverty. So, I mean, our premise is stable marriages pull women out of poverty. We'd have 25% less poverty today if we had the marriage rates that we had back in 1970. So, Sheila, I want to ask you a question. Do some of those um, statistics and stuff, can people find those on your website? Yes. If you go to nationalmarriageweekusa.org, you can look under research. Uh, We actually have a one-page fact sheet you can print out, but there's a lot of research to uh, substantiate. In fact, both the right and the left uh, are sort of in agreement on the fact that marriage can reduce poverty. Mm So, um, you know, the Heritage Foundation says that we'd have a drop in in child poverty of 82 percent, that marriage drops child poverty by 82 percent. But I really like this one fact put out by the Brookings Institution, which tends to be a little on the more liberal side, but it's a great fact. It's called the success sequence. If you finish high school and you work full-time and you postpone childbearing until after you're married, after the age of 21, there's only a 2% chance that you'll end up in poverty. So both the left and the right are are really um, in agreement about uh, the connection between the loss of marriage, the decline of marriage, and the increase in poverty. They might have different ideas about what should be done about it. That's that's probably where we have a parting of the mindsets. <laughs> so, But it's funny, you, you, you hear the right talk about, let's just start, you hear conservatives talk about marriage and the deleterious effects of marriage disintegrating, but you hardly ever hear the other side, the progressive side of the conversation of them talking about the negative effects of the dissolution of marriages in the country. I, I've never heard them even say it. That, that is true. It's not a big talking point, and that is largely, I've actually encountered this in certain churches where pastors are very, very skittish about talking about marriage because they have such a high rate of divorce in their own church and they get very nervous about the topic or, mm-hmm. you know, or they're sitting there with a lot of single moms and they're sitting in their pews and they just get very nervous about, um, but you, we could put a positive um, slant on that because ideally everybody does want lifelong lasting love. So if you, you know there's a single mother who wishes that she had a stable husband she you, you know so we can we can help people have aspirations and they can also have a value even if it's if it's something they, they right. have a regret that they've missed out on life they can still say this is important and guess what i want it for my child right and and, and, and you know that's really where the rubber meets the road you you if you want that for your child it's a very good thing to um, to is. even just start saying marriage is important and I hope you have one one day. 
That's right. And if we can start a national dating service connecting godly women, godly single women with godly men, it would be an amazing thing because that's what we hear from women across the country is they're missing the godly men. You can check them out online, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. So, Sheila, I want you to um, kind of tell our listeners what the National Marriage Week is all about, because I love what we're talking about in all of these statistics and the things that we can learn and be encouraged by um, how to strengthen marriages and the importance of marriage. But tell our listeners what National Marriage Week is and how they can maybe do something in their own community. Yes, I'd love to. Well, first of all, National Marriage Week USA is February 7th to the 4th. And I, it's four things, really. 7th I mean, to the 14th? 7th to the 14th. 14th. 7th to the 14th. Yes. I'm sorry. Um, it is a movement. It's a clearinghouse, a national calendar. It's a campaign, and it's a source of help. And let me explain. It's a movement to increase marriage education all across the U.S. And secondly, we have the only online national calendar where you mm-hmm. can post or locate marriage events all across the country. Thirdly, it's a public education campaign to promote the benefits of marriage for reducing poverty and benefiting children, as we've been discussing. Right. And fourth, it's a source of help. We have resources at nationalmarriageweekusa.org, uh, where you can find help for your own marriage and you can find help for other people. And also, you can find out how to celebrate National Marriage Week. So we do have a lot of um, simple-to-use ideas. There are a lot of wonderful uh, courses. We do not create or sell our own course, but there's mm-hmm. so many great ones out there that we have them on our website. It could be a simple home group, and you take a little video series and a workbook, for six weeks. Um, I've had uh, friends who started a dinner dance, and they have 300 people coming to a dinner dance where where the host gives a little encouraging talk on, on marriage. Um, you know, um, a church can start a Sunday school class on marriage. So we do have lots of ideas and tools, and we have a toolkit to uh, help you get the word out to your community. So let's just talk about that for a minute. So number one, you're saying it's really about inspiring people to do something to build up marriages. Is yes, that- we, we would love to increase marriage activities and marriage education all across the United States. Um, I use an example like Earth Day uh, now has 2 billion acts of green around the world. And so if we can just mm. increase marriage classes and home groups and and sources of help and places for people to go learn more, um, that that's one of the things we want to, um, to stir up and be a catalyst for that Excellent. activity. Excellent. And with Valentine's Day coming up, that's a great week to launch or make people aware of something that you're working on. And I know that you have the helps on your page, like you said, to help people to, you know, whether it's talking to their pastor, whether it's creating awareness within their church community or their neighborhood, you've got ideas and stuff on there at nationalmarriageweekusa.org. Sheila, let's ask about that approach to the pastor, because a lot of pastors and, and uh, parish priests, and they, they're overwhelmed. They're busy. They've got a lot of things on their plate. How would you suggest that one of our listeners bring up this idea of celebrating marriage during National Marriage Week USA, which is February 7th through the 14th? People can find out more about it online, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. What's the approach look like? Because they're not going to want to take on something onto their their plate. How how can we bring it to their attention and help? 
You know, I think it's great if a, a happily married couple just says, let's form a little committee and let's just start a home group. It can be very small, and you're, there's so many... Um, we, we've listed resources, so there are a lot of wonderful courses by very trusted groups that have, like, you can just purchase a little video series with a workbook. Right. And so if the pastor's overwhelmed, you, you can take some initiatives uh, with a small group of people. Uh, one of, a simple way to um, commemorate it is to ask the pastor to preach and teach about marriage on the Sunday closest to February 7th to the 14th, because very often pastors do not do that, and it's, it's actually quite effective to say we're going to um, have a sermon on marriage once out of every 52 weeks. Um, there, there are tools like we, we have a renewal of the vows ceremony. Uh, we have a couple different versions on our toolkit. So mm-hmm. if a pastor is really busy, he can just print out this renewal of the vows and, and um, have a, a ceremony. And um, I've heard of churches where the you know, kids come back into the service and watch their parents come forward and go through a, a very quick, brief renewal of, of the vows. Mm-hmm. We have a bulletin insert that can be printed and just put in the bulletin so that people get a little more educated as to why marriage is valuable. There's some very simple things that would not overwhelm um, people, and, and one church uh, might do something very small, and another church might be a little more elaborate. So I want people listening here going, okay, wait a minute, Jim and Martha, this is a faith and work radio program. You're talking about how do we put our faith into action in our workplace, no matter what that work may be. They're going, why are you talking about marriage? Well, I know why we're talking about marriage, and you know why we're talking about marriage, but we need to help them along. Why should Christ followers be attentive to marriage issues in the workplace? Well, you know, family breakdown would cause a lot of stress and recidivism that, you know, absenteeism. And when you have an employee going under stress, you you don't have a productive workforce. You have people mm-hmm. that are very, um, they're hurting, their their time gets divided, um, their resources get stretched. So, you know, it actually um, behooves employers to even, I, I, we haven't gotten this far, but boy, I sure would love to see some employers um, sponsor, maybe it'd be a major employer, sponsor a marriage education class. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be off-site. Um, but I think employers should realize um, that that a stable family produces a good uh, employee. We, we've so. recently run into several organizations and companies that actually offer as an employee benefit so many dollars towards mm-hmm. marriage enrichment every year, whether oh, it's a couple hundred dollars to go to a retreat. One of our or, sponsors out of Sarasota, Florida, Aqua Plumbing yes, Air does that. Yes. Oh. And well, you know and, what? When we're off the line, I'd love to connect with them. So <laughs> that's a great idea. Okay. So, in, you know, I want so to put I, that plug into I, our great sponsor, yeah. though, too, as long as we could. Yeah. So I hope our listeners, this is getting their wheels spinning in their head of what can I do? All right, because Sheila, there's a lot of negative effects of, destructing, of a destructing marriage in the workplace. I mean, we've seen it. When somebody all of a sudden finds out their marriage is in trouble, it absolutely stops them in their tracks. It, it, it causes them to think of nothing else. They can't yeah. function as normally in their work. Their relationships are damaged. They're stressed about money. They're stressed about where they're going to live. They're stressed about their kids. I mean, it's, it's like a death, but mm-hmm. so much worse than a death because it just keeps on giving and giving and giving. Isn't that, have you seen that happen in workplaces near you? Oh, yes. People just get devastated. And, um, 
you know, then they have childcare problems and then they have financial stress and yeah, it affects their entire psyche and their their mindset. I when we're talking about marriage in the workplace, um, you know, it is so important to have good uh, good barriers, good boundaries, I'd say, mm-hmm. uh, how you interact with your coworkers. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, don't develop too much intimacy with a colleague of the opposite sex. I, Vice President Pence got a lot of um, sort of uh, made fun of because of his practice of not having, you know, dinner or lunch with the woman who's not his wife. But, you know, Billy Graham was very careful about those kind That's of right. things. And I, I think that they are actually good practices. They protect you, and, um, you know, it's something to be very mindful of in the workplace. For sure. You know, it goes back to just that whole conversation of the, the subtle things that can happen in work that can tear down our marriages. And that's what we're so thankful about yeah. the National Marriage Week USA is giving some people some resources and opportunities to help um, marriages. That's the focus of National Marriage Week USA is to focus on what are the incredible things we can do to encourage marriage? And there's so many resources out there for your organization, for your business, for your small group, for your church, for your community, nationalmarriageweekusa.org, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. So Sheila, we've shared with our listeners that they can go to the website and learn, you know, get ideas of different resources, different ideas of things that they can do during National Marriage Week to kick something off in their sphere of influence. Give us a few examples of what you have heard people doing or getting ready to do that you think are, um, are might spur some ideas within our listeners. Sure. Um well, I know that there are uh, churches that are getting very involved, and, you know, there are people who um, buy a love and respect video series or family life or focus on the family. A lot of these big groups you guys are probably familiar with, an Alpha Marriage Course, they have wonderful and very easy-to-use, out-of-the-box kind of tools, and I would encourage people to just look at any of those mm-hmm. and and consider starting a Sunday school class or a home group. I love the idea of somebody taking a class to a local library or going to a, YW, a YMCA. Um, I think that would be a tremendous outreach. In fact, I'll tell one quick story. Um, my sister-in-law, years and years ago, was very uh, resistant to the idea of faith. She said, I'm, it's not for me, no thank you. <laughs> and But one of her good friends invited her and her husband to a Friday night talk on how to have a better marriage. That's all it was. It was just one pastor standing up for about an hour, how to have a better marriage. And and so my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law went, and she was floored. It was so meaningful to her. It was so relevant. She kept poking him with her elbow. <laughs> and And they went back to that church, and they have been very involved in that church and active Christians ever since that one wow. little Friday night talk. So that made a huge difference to one person. So when I think about your listeners who want to make a difference in the workplace, you know, to to find um, some sort of course or talk and you invite your coworker, that can have a, a very big impact um, on coworkers. I think it's a great way to have an outreach to your office mates. Um, now, last year, um, I spoke with a colleague of mine at my church. We just had a small gathering for Marriage Week, but we wanted to have a discussion, and it was sort of a salon evening. And um, but the the um, 
the young man I was working with, he was a panelist with me, is quite remarkable. He was he had worked for the Knot and the Bump Orchard, these huge huge online resources for weddings and babies and all. Mm, and he yeah. started something that's going to, um, I'm, I'm happy for people to learn about this. It's called getlasting.com. And, and it's an app where you can go into the app and get answers about your particular marriage. It's almost like online marriage counseling, and they've had 400,000 users so far. So he's just a guy in my church in New York City, and I'm so impressed with what he's doing. So, um, you know, there are all kinds of things that people uh, can take advantage of. I I think I really want to encourage people, if they're listening and they've got their own struggles, to go to nationalmarriageweekusa.org and look look at the section where is work on your own marriage or get help for yourself. I, I want people to realize that there are places where they can get help. And um, I also um, have a really good friend who was separated for five years. And, you know, you would think there was just no hope after what they went through. Um, But after five years, they came back together, and they've been together for many, many years ever since and ended up finally raising their children together. Now they have six grandchildren, and they've written a book called Every Reason to Leave, Every reason to leave and why we chose to stay together. Um, so the husband uh, is a partial owner of the New York Yankees, and they're Vicky and Billy Rose. They're, they've publicly given their story many, many times. But that's an encouraging story for people who think there is literally no hope. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for someone to have been living apart for five years and then to have renewed their marriage, I just want people to know that there is hope. There is. And what an encouragement to our listeners. And, you know, I was just thinking it could be as simple as organizing a date night to um, maybe Mm -hmm. do some babysitting and offer to help people so they could actually go out and spend some time with their mate. That's a great idea. Just to maybe, yes, but people to serve younger couples, especially those with children. Those are very stressful times when you're raising young children and to try to offer um, young couples a way to have a date night, exactly. especially if their finances are stressed. All right, we're talking today with Sheila Weber, National Director, Executive Director of the National Marriage Week USA. Find it online, nationalmarriageweekusa.org, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. Sheila, there is there's so many startling statistics out there, but I want to talk about the positive side of this thing. So when couples stay together, what's the long-term impact on the children? Well, those children will, um, you know, the research shows that they're going to perform better in school. They're going to have less addiction issues, less teen pregnancy, and less trouble with the law. And you're going to have more financial stability. Um, I mean, the financial stability of staying married is just enormous compared to dividing the household. Um, And and that just has a huge long-term effect. It also... Research is also showing that couples who are able to be raised by their mom and dad thereby go on to have more success in stable marriage themselves. So it is it is a bit of a predictor. Not completely. There's certainly people who've grown up in broken homes and they care a lot and they want to have a good marriage and they do. But um, you know, if you just just to know that if you work through the hard times 
your children will be so much better served, and it has sort of a lifelong implication. Um, I, I actually have, was just thinking about um, a quote that I absolutely love, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, who was imprisoned uh, by the Nazis because of his faith and uh, work against Hitler. And when he was in his prison cell, he wrote to a young newlywed couple. They'd just gotten married, and he said, he said, now it is not just love that will keep your marriage alive. It is marriage that will keep your love alive. And that was it's a very rich thought that it is the vow of marriage that to 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 say, well, you know, I've had this mindset. If I am if I'm in this marriage, no matter what, then I might as well make it enjoyable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yep. there's no back door. There's no way out. So why not make it really enjoyable? Make it a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is a mindset. If people say, yes, you know, if they're always complaining and, and, and just fighting and all this, they have, you have to realize if you continually... Uh, you know, just choose a lot of negative behavior and you don't find ways to circumvent that, that you're going to pay a price. But if you know that you're, you're not leaving this marriage, then there are ways to build it into a positive experience. All right. So when people go out to National Marriage Week, USA.org, here in the last couple of minutes of the broadcast, talk to them about when they go out there, National Marriage Week, USA.org, what kind of resources are out there to help them celebrate this in their organization, in their church, in their small group, in their community? So February 7th to the 14th is Marriage Week. You can form a committee and get something going in your neighborhood. You can go to our national calendar. It's the only online calendar where you can find a variety of marriage events and classes state-by-state, listed on a state-by-state basis. And um, it's an annual campaign. It's the only campaign to to promote the benefits of marriage and to celebrate marriage. So we want to have all different kinds of groups involved, all different kinds of churches, all different kinds of marriage ministries. It's a time for everybody to work together and lift our voices at the same time. Mm, very good. And they'll also find the statistics and some of that stuff that just helps them to understand the value of marriage from a statistical perspective, is your marriage yes. is your is your master's thesis out there on the on that website as well? You know, uh, it is not. <laughs> but I think that would be a great thing. The, the the role of public policy on the dissolution of the marriage culture—that's fantastic. Sheila, we're out of time, but thank you so much for bringing National Marriage Week USA to the attention of the I Work for Him audience. Sheila Weber, thank you for being on I Work for Him today. I appreciate it. Please check her out online, nationalmarriageweekusa.org, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. Get your church, your local community, your small group involved in national celebrating National Marriage Week, February 7th through the 14th. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.